Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. I just want to quickly mention that next week I don't plan on putting out an episode I'm going to spend the Christmas weekend with my family and friends, and so I'm just going to plan for a little break there. Uh, This week, though, I want to stick with the theme of the birth of Christ. And so during the worship at church yesterday, the music and praise from the praise team really sparked a thought for me that I want to share with all of you. And I've been thinking today about how incredible of a step Jesus took to take on flesh and dwell with us. Now, I've thought many times about the pain that Jesus went through on the cross of Calvary. The obvious physical pain, for one, from the beating and the crucifixion, but but also the spiritual pain of bearing our sins and knowing the pain of separation from God as Jesus was punished for our sin. And the pain that Jesus expressed when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And so what I haven't thought much about was the magnitude of suffering that Jesus took onto himself when he set aside his glory and was manifested as a human. Colossians 2, 9-10 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And so comically in my mind kind of uh, thinks of the genie from Aladdin, all the power in the universe in an itty bitty living space. <laughs> but it is truly an amazing thing. And I don't think we'll ever truly fathom, in this life anyway, what Jesus set aside when he stepped foot on this world. It's hard for me to even scratch the surface enough, you know, to even say anything that's worthy of describing who God the Son truly is, and then to attempt to express how he could somehow lay aside so much of his power and authority to be subjected to life as a man. See, God Almighty, the Creator, first and the last, Alpha and Omega, stepped down from his rightful place to live in subjection to parents he created, to live in the feed trough of his animals, to to flee from one country he designed to hide in another. And at every bump on the road, every hunger pain he felt, every oppression he felt as a second-rate citizen in a Roman world, Jesus accepted all of it willingly to accomplish his purpose. And to have the power to serve himself in every possible way, and yet to expend himself in serving others is such an amazing act of love. And I can't imagine how hard it must have been for Jesus to face the cross. But it's also mind-blowing that Jesus faced 33 years of life as a mortal man before he got there. And this is a really poor example, but I want to try and just illustrate this a little. So. Most of us have a microwave, and because of that, it's in our power to just zap food in 30 seconds or a minute, and ta-da, a hot meal. And with that power, it's now unbelievably frustrating to imagine having to gather wood, light a fire, wait for the stove to get hot, and then finally heat the food for 30 minutes in the oven to have a meal. And so once we have the power of the microwave, We are incessed at the thought of having to spend all evening trying to warm our food up. 
We aren't willing to tolerate inconvenience once we have knowledge and power of a better way. Now, multiply that knowledge and power by infinity and try to comprehend the true patience that Jesus had to have to live the life he lived as a man. When you stop for a minute, it's almost comically ridiculous that Jesus would walk from town to town, that he would sleep in the wilderness, that he would fast, that he would be without comfort, that he would suffer. I mean, if we had his kind of power and knowledge, our minds would be racing. Why, why would I lay in straw? Why, bothering, why bother with lighting a fire? Why am I walking? I can just shazam, bed. Shazam, fire. Shazam, full belly. Shazam, I'm in the next town. <laughs> and I really don't mean to make this some silly concept, but it's just so beyond our understanding to know what Jesus really left behind because we haven't seen him in his true glory yet. And the song I can only imagine comes to mind as I think about the day that those who are dead in Christ will rise and see Jesus coming in his glory. I, I think that the weight of who he is will just be so overwhelming that we will be consumed in worship at the thought of what he has truly done in crossing that gap between God and man. And, and that's a thought that's been filling my heart with worship tonight. See, Jesus didn't start in the manger, and, and we, we know that, but we often kind of picture that as the beginning when we passively think about what Christmas represents. But, but Jesus was the King of glory who set aside his place of honor to come as a servant. And that's what makes the first coming of Christ so amazing, not just that it was the beginning of a journey that would end in sacrifice, but Jesus coming as a baby in a manger was a sacrifice, a sacrifice that we can't even contemplate or comprehend. And you see, I think in some small way, the suffering of the cross, we can almost maybe start to consider as we've all felt pain and betrayal, but the sacrifice of the birth of Christ doesn't even register in our brains. We've never had anything close to God's glory and then willingly set it aside. And, and so I don't have a big punch point this week, you know, of how we need to apply this in our lives exactly. I just wanted to talk about this so that I might, as Paul said, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Uh, and, and that as we enter into this Christmas celebration, we might take a pause to just wonder at everything that was really going on in that little swaddled baby Mary was holding, that we may be filled with greater worship in our souls for what Jesus did when he stepped down from his throne. And as amazing as everything was that Jesus did while he walked the earth was everything that he didn't do. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, May we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.